I think I need help. I think I need help. I'm watching football uh, uh, every night of the week, I think, except for like Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday. I think that I think that those are the only nights there's no football. There's football on Monday, now Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. <laughs> okay, I like I go I I think by Tuesday I, I'm kind of like I'm kind of like um I need like Pedialyte, right? And then Wednesday I'm re- I'm in I'm in recovery, I'm in detox. I'm mm, coming out of a mm, real dark place and and only to find that, yeah, Thursday. There's actual football on Thursday. Yeah, can you believe it? What the fuck? Christmas, Christmas comes this time each year. Ooh, ooh, oh, way up north where the air gets cold. There's a tale about Christmas that you've all been told. A real famous cat all dressed up in red. Why am I singing Christmas carols? Well, I'll tell you what. Because, um... It would appear that summer has, um, re- like, started over again. Like, it's reared its ugly head again. Like, it's like, um, it's like being in Australia during Christmas in December. Because the Southern Hemisphere, uh, in the Southern Hemisphere, they, um, their f- seasons are opposite ours. So... In the middle of Christmas, you'll be in a grocery store listening to uh, Bing Crosby's White Christmas or the Beach Boys Christmas album, and it'll be 95 degrees outside. Yeah, you heard me right. A little disorienting, a little weird. That's what's going on. But we got one last little burst. We got one last little burst of heat this weekend. We had, well, I should say, I mean, I've been saying that, I think, for a little while. I think I've been saying that for quite a while. <laughs> right? It's like, fuck. Like, it's October, uh, whatever today is, the 9th. And it's like, uh, yesterday it was 92 degrees. So, you know what, though? I guess it's not really that surprising because this time let's see when I was this exact time of year in 93 when I was in Colorado I remember um I remember it being uh kind of warm like this in the 90s early yeah it was yeah it was early October uh and it was a Sunday and it was really warm and I wasn't really griping about it as much back then. I was like 22, so I was like, ah, got you know when you're young, you don't, you don't feel, you don't feel like weather. But, um, but then the next day, Monday morning, there was like four inches of snow. It's fucking insane. I, I distinctly remember that day. I remember we ended up going because it was the end of the 
kind of the end of the run, the end of our, our little weird, we had a, what I perceived as some kind of social experiment where I had, we had like 11 guys living in a two bedroom apartment and, um, we were building houses in Colorado and Denver, um, Aurora to be exact, to be more specific in at the peak of our at the peak of our uh, roster, so to speak, we had 11 guys living in a two-bedroom apartment. And in one bedroom was my my pops and uh, one of my best friends who I'd known since I was like six. They had that room all to themselves. So there was really uh, nine guys living in a one-bedroom apartment <laughs> that we had fashioned makeshift um, plywood bunk beds. Matter of fact, we made, we made all the furniture, the, the the kitchen table, the chairs we sat at the table with, all handmade, all uh, bizarre monstrosities of wood sculpting that um, were probably a danger to ourselves and others. But uh, but by the time it rolled around to October, there was uh, there's only four of us left: my pops, his brother, my uncle, and. Um, my buddy Jim, the school, the still current school record holder in the half mile at Humboldt State University. So it was just the four of us. And we had, uh, yeah, we, had, well, we weren't working Sunday, but it was hot. And then Monday morning when it was time to go to work, we woke up to four inches of snow. We're like, what the fuck is going on here? So we just spent the day going to like Costco and stuff and looking at tools and Mm. You know, it was a snow day. It was great. Like it was, it was foreign to me, but I enjoyed it. I did it, you know. And um, that is just a weird twist. But but uh, but this weekend I stayed inside primarily. Um, Sees Friday, Saturday were as real minimal obligations and uh, my lady uh, she had a hair appointment Friday was it Friday yeah and then Saturday she she was off Friday then went back to work Saturday so I was kind of uh, left to my own devices and I got when I got done uh, when I got back from Grass Valley I had a little time to kill so I started watching I just kind of well course i was watching college football i watched a lot of college football matter of fact i've i've sunk to an even new low thursday night games like thursday thursday night games like you are hardcore motherfucker thursday night like for the real honks the real deviants you know um who was that Thursday? It was uh, Western Kentucky and Louisiana Tech. Like, that's the perfect Thursday night game for the real degenerates like me, right? And Western, and now, keep in mind, Western Kentucky, this is the school that Bailey Zappi went to, who, um, I guess, was was he just recently waived by the Patriots? He was their backup, and he came in last season for Mac Jones for a couple of, one or two games, and did pretty well. And then they waved him. Why is that important? Well, if you calm down, I'll tell you. Um, because he is the all-time NCAA single-season passing 
uh, record holder at like 5,976 yards. And yeah, yeah, I mean, it is Western Kentucky, but it's it's NCAA Division One, Western Kentucky. Like, I think Nick Rose went to Western Kentucky, you know? Uh, not that that's a big deal, but I mean, it's a big enough school. Nick Rose, that motherfucker, he won some, he won some uh, accolades while, uh, while he was there as a, as a British uh, runner. But, but, lo, but lo and behold, it uh, was also the alma mater of one Bailey Zappi, who they, uh, who they have... They have, uh, I think they, they waved his ass. I don't know where he's at right now. I don't know what's going on. Um, so here it is, uh, 2021, yeah. So I took the liberty of recording the top uh, 100 single-season leaders of all time NCAA with Zappy at number one. Now, and this is including any bowl uh, appearance yardage, but he's number one, Bailey Zappi, tw- uh, 2021 Western Kentucky, 59-67. Now, that is fucking s- stupid, stupidly crazy uh, amount of yards because they keep in mind now, the NCAA, they only play a 12-game season. So that's fucking, like, almost... 6,000 yards, that would be about almost 500 yards of passing per game. Like, what the fuck, right? Um, but as soon as you start kind of going down the list, you start differentiating, you start kind of weeding out, like, who's who and what did what and who did what and why they did it. And um, So second place was B.J. Simmons of Texas Tech, 20 years ago at 58-33. The first kind of successful NFL product on this list would be number four, Joe Burrow at 56-71 when he was with LSU before he, uh, uh, when he came from Ohio State to LSU and then won um, the Heisman. But 56-21, that's pretty fucking phenomenal. Um, I mean, that's still, that's still like 450 yards a game, right? Like, Jesus Christ. You got Case Keenum, who um, he uh, he's at the same exact number, 56-71, when he was with Houston in 09. But two years later, he picked up the sixth spot at 56-31. So this mother, God, like, whatever, what happened to that guy, right? Who did he play? He went to the NFL, but who did he? I can't remember who he. Like, it just kind of a one and done. These guys are like one and done, right? So you got to keep going down the list. You know, you see like number nine, Ty Detmer, 5188, breaking Jim McMahon's BYU school record. Uh, but Ty Detmer, another one and done. Uh, till you get to 12th place, Derek Carr, Fresno State, 5,083 yards in 2000. 13, he broke his brother, his brother, uh, David Carr's record. David Carr, uh, and I can't believe this, 
those guys are pretty far apart in terms of like because that was when 2013 and David Carr threw uh, 4,308 yards in 2001 so that's good for 73rd place at Fresno State so that was the old Fresno State record but uh, it took until it took 12 like they're well maybe they got a big family I don't know I don't know the Carr family um, all I know is David Carr was like a human like tackling dummy for the Texans when he was in the NFL and he was a good he was a good quarterback he just didn't have any offensive line um, and then finally get to the first Super Bowl winner on this list Patrick Mahomes at 15th with 5,052 yards for Texas Tech 2016. And then it just kind of goes through there, you know, back to Case Keenum. Jeez, that guy threw over 5,000 yards three times for Houston. Like, Jesus. But no success in the NFL. Just fascinating. Fascinating. That shit trips me out. Um, damn. Number 33, you got Jared Goff when he was at Cal. 4,714, did that in 2015, he's made a Super Bowl appearance, didn't win, but uh, then you got Patrick Mahomes coming in at 36th again, Baker Mayfield had a 4,627 yard, anyway, just goes on and on, I get, I, I trip out and stuff like this, Mac Jones, 49th, he's the current starter for New England, Mac Jones, when he was with uh, Alabama, and, uh, but, uh, damn, he threw 4,500 yards. But what's going on? He's just not putting it together. Like, the Patriots got blanked yesterday. Like, that's embarrassing. Like, I think, could we possibly see Bill Belichick's exit? Is that a weird... That's He's, a, he's an icon. I mean, he's an icon. It would be a mighty... Uh, that would be a mighty redwood that would fall in the forest if they if they fired him but but what do you got what do you what have you had the last few years you've had you've had Mac Jones you've had um Cam Newton like that was a weird that was a weird year um Bailey Zappi bring him back man come on Jesus but uh no I'm fascinated by the I'm by my lists I'm a numbers guy I'm a, I'm a I'm a stats head you know I thrive on it. I crave it. I crave it fortnightly. I crave it fortnightly. But but speaking of icons and iconic people and sports figures, um, R.I.P. to Dick Butkus, who passed away Thursday night? Thursday or Friday? I don't know. He, uh, I think it was... Maybe it was Friday. I don't know. Um, do, do, do. Oh, no, it was on Thursday at the age of 80. Yeah, here it is. They did a little blurb in uh, Sports Illustrated Online. They did a little blurb of uh, Dick Butt because the nine, nine of the greatest tweets by Dick Buttkiss. Of course, I don't really participate in Twitter because it's like a 
mental asylum, a bunch of patients in a mental asylum just throwing their feces at each other. But, um, but Jesus, that guy's been around forever. He was in like the Bud, the Bud Light commercials with Rodney, I think. I'm pretty sure. Rodney. Um, been in movies like Any Given Sunday. Um, he's always, and he's always been a big personality, but, uh, I was reading these tweets. They're fucking funnier than hell, dude. He was a funny motherfucker, you know, back when, uh, back in the early nineties, like 90, 91, when they would do the, 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 the bears guys on Saturday night live, we'd crack the fuck up with those guys. The three or four bears fans just sitting around, just Talking about Dick Butkus and Mike Dicka, Dicka, the Bears. And you gotta love the Bears, even though the Bears suck. The Bears, I don't know what it is about Chicago sports, but you know, it's always like the, the lovable, it's home to the lovable losers, right? The Cubs, who finally, finally popped their, their uh, World Series cherry, uh, well, or they had uh, won their. First in a long time back in 2016, but it had been since 08. It had been 108 years, like, poor Chicago, you know. And then you got the White Sox. and uh, But then you got the Bears, right? They've been in, what, two Super Bowls? They, they, beat, they beat the Patriots in 85. That was a good team, too. Walter Payton, Jim McMahon, um... I think Willie Galt was on that. Was Willie Galt on that team? The the great hurdler? Uh, but uh, but then they had the Rex Grossman days when the Colts beat the, the Bears. So they're one and one overall. But these nine, like the tweets, the Dick, the Dick Butkus tweets are uh, classic. One says, uh, he goes, 50 Cent looked like he was hit by inflation. <laughs> That's so funny funny what i don't know what he's referring to like 50 cent got fat or something i don't know uh then he he goes on to say and this is only last year he goes i'll try not to disappoint any of you but if i do it's not it's he goes i'll try not to disappoint any of you but if i do it's too damn bad <laughs> you're like that's that's chicago right there that's a chicago attitude um i love this one though i think it's great giselle let tom brady retire hopefully she'll let him keep rod Rob Gronkowski in the yard. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, <laughs> then he's got, uh, let's see. He's got one that's brilliant. All you need to do is score more points than the other team to win. Sports are not that hard, people. <laughs> this is a, coming from a tough motherfucker, right? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Thank you to everyone who sends notes saying how your dad loved me. Don't need to hear how your grandpa loved me. I'm not that old, damn it. <laughs> and then he... <laughs> There's even like a good uh, Twitter exchange he had with some some person. He goes, uh, not going to be able to respond to all of you tonight. Thankful, Thank you kindly for the support. And then uh, this guy chimes in. He says, you killed my grandpa on the football field. And his reply was, probably deserved it. <laughs> So R.I.P. to the late, great Dick Butkus. The Bears. But, uh, 
nevertheless. But so yeah, I've been kind of uh, watching my icon, watching like lots of sports, iconic sports over the weekend. I watched. Um, I finally got around to watching um, this documentary on Netflix called uh, "Facing Nolan" about Nolan Ryan, the great pitcher, right? Who if you really look back on like he's gotta be the great probably probably the greatest of all time I would have to say um yeah he was like I mean I remember this wasn't in the documentary but I remember watching some footage of him talking in an interview I think back when he was an angel which is interesting to think about him as a California angel but uh, I remember him saying one time there's a point in his career where he knew when he let that ball go when he was pitching and he and he was on the mound and he let that ball go there's just no way they're gonna hit this ball there's just no way and I believe him and this guy was because back in the day they were clocking this guy at like a hundred point nine which at the time was like the fastest he was the fastest the hardest thrower ever. Uh, well, I mean, prior, I mean, they didn't have, I don't think they had guns like clock, you know, clocking the speed of uh, guys like Walter Johnson, big train, Walter big train Johnson, who like he was, now nah, that was a guy that threw hard, man. So, but they, as far as, as far as modern technology goes, like he was the fastest, like, Dwight Gooden was fast, like hard, like a hundred mile an hour throw. But, uh, but in the documentary facing Nolan, now they make a point of talking about how if now that's old technology they were using to clock him back. And this is back in the sixty, you know, sixty seventies, seventies. You know, he started in sixty six, I think, with the Mets. And uh, he was part of the Miracle Mets of 69 who won it all. and uh, But he was middle relief. Isn't that weird? He's middle relief. Like, they didn't know what to do with him. He's kind of wild. He threw hard, but he was just wild. So, uh, but they say according to modern technology, if they had, like, the, the technology that they have now with the speed guns, clocking pitches, this guy was really throwing, like, 108. Like, that's so fuck. Like, if you, could you imagine getting hit in the ribs with this guy? Which is the, like, and when I was in Colorado in 93, we were watching the White Sox, speaking of Chicago, but uh, the cla- just, this is like the classic, like, and this was in the documentary as well when um, he hit Robin Ventura, because they were going back and forth, hitting these guys, they were hitting each other, uh, uh, the Rangers and the White Sox, I guess there was no love lost between them, and because... Uh, one of the White Sox pitchers put one in the ribs of Steve Bichelle, and he he charged the mound, and uh, so they they kind of put a bounty on the Rangers pitchers. The White Sox did, according to this documentary, and they said if you get hit by um, a Rangers pitcher, um, you if you don't if you don't charge the mound, you'll get. F- you'll get fined $500. Like, they'll, they'll just... It's just an inside bet, right? So who gets up there to old Robin Ventura? He's like 20, 
five-year-old, 26-year-old Robin Venture. Good hitter, you know, good power hitter. But uh, Nolan Ryan stand up there, 46-year-old Nolan Ryan stand up there on the mound, right? And uh, just puts one right in his rib cage, right? And so 26-year-old Robin Venture starts his walk down to first base, and then he just decides, fuck it, I don't want to pay that $500. So he comes after Ryan, fucking fucking Nolan Ryan, 20 years older than this guy, says, come on, bitch, bring it. And grabs his motherfucker. Like, he stopped, but you could see in the footage, like, he hesitated. Ventura hesitated. He just, like, because you got to be wondering, like, you you know, if you're charging the mound and it's Nolan Ryan on the, like, first of all, this guy's a, I, like, this guy's, like, an icon. He's, like, it's, like, it would be, like, char- it'd be, like, charging the mound if, like, uh, you know, like, um, I don't know, like, Fernando Valenzuela or or some lovable kind of iconic figure like uh, you know are, should I really be doing this should I really be coming after I'm gonna you know I guess he didn't really want to pay $500 and he found out how he found he found out pretty quick he probably should have paid that 500 because Nolan Ryan just ragdolled him just grabbed him in a headlock and just used his face like a fucking pin cushion right just just use his face like a bass drum <laughs> Like, because Nolan Ryan's a tough motherfucker. This guy's a rancher. This guy's a Texas rancher, not a ranger. He was a Texas ranger pitcher, but he was a Texas rancher as well. This dude was like blue motherfucking collar. Like this guy, um, he didn't understand backing down from a fight. Like, and so, you know, he was tough and he just, he about act, activated, uh, Robin Ventura's, uh, dental plan that day, but classic shit, iconic, iconic to, to say the least. Like that guy was a hard, hard guy, hard guy. Um, but yeah, like I said, so I'm, I'm watching all these iconic, you know, people, um, who's the other one? Who am I missing? Oh shit! Yeah, it was uh, so. I think thir- Thursday night I just kind of had this weird itch to. Uh, I'd read a, a blurb in like some online magazine about um, David Beckham's Netflix documentary that he com- I think he commissioned it. So it's kind of it's fairly flattering, but you know, there's some there's some parts that call his character into question excuse me but not not particularly severe moments but i watched the first of the i think it's a four-part series and it's it's done by this guy fisher stevens who's like a really he's a fucking fisher stevens is the fucking man first of all because i remember this guy back in the day fisher stevens played the indian dude in short circuit about that stupid robot but he also was in the movie the flamingo kid with matt Dillon, and he played his buddy and uh, <laughs> he uh, he played it. Uh, like that's and that's a good movie too. Flamingo Kid. It's got Janet Jones in it, who was married to Wayne Gretzky. But Matt Dillon was great in it. This is, but this is back in the eighties. This is like when I was in high school. But Fisher Stevens played. Uh, uh, <laughs> he played his buddy, right? Who had a and he does have a fairly large nose, but uh, not like ridiculously big. But in the movie, he says to the one girl, he goes. Uh, 
because this girl, I guess this girl he was getting matched up with, he's like, uh, she had like a little gap. She had a gap in her teeth. He, he, <laughs> and he goes, do you know you got a gap in your teeth? And she goes, do you know you got a big fucking nose? <laughs> but Fisher Stevens is the man because he's like, uh, he's more of a filmmaker now. Like he, he's done other stuff. He's, he's produced other documentaries and, uh, directed other documentaries, but, uh, I think he went out with Michelle Pfeiffer for a little bit too. So he's the man. He's the, and he's nothing to, he's nothing to like, he's not, he's not, he's not any particular great specimen of hu, uh, of a human being. He does have a big nose, but he's, and he's kind of thin, kind of on the lean side, but he's, a, he's probably a good talker. He's the man. But anyway, he made this Netflix docu-series and the first episode is, is it's titled The Kick the kick right David Beckham the kick and Beckham of course was this kid that was a he was obsessed I don't know anything about David Beckham I don't know anything about soccer I don't care you know like I don't I played soccer for five years but I don't I don't follow it I don't know anything about it I'm not on I'm not one of those guys that wears like one of those fucking stupid bowler hats you know or whatever they're called like one of those English kind of stupid hats you know um the culture is interesting you know, I'd like to read the book Among the Thugs by Bill Buford about who, soccer hooligans, you know, the culture. But uh, otherwise, I'm not really on board. But Beckham seems like an interesting enough character, and he is. But he's very, he is very interesting. But uh, the first, ser- the first uh, uh, episode of this four-part series is called The Kick. And I get, he made a fucking... He made a goal from midfield he just decided randomly he was he was watching the reaction of the coach of, about about how um how the coach was reacting to a lot of the uh, other players because there's certain things there's certain etiquette certain things that you probably do or don't do as a player in regard to uh being coached you know there's certain things you just don't you don't do um and a half field midfield kick shot on goal is one of those things like you just like that's the dumbest like why would you do that that's stupid so low percentage but this motherfucker he just so he's watching his coach you know react to all the other plays in the in this in this match and he decided he had an opportunity so he let one fly he fucking scored a goal from like it changed his life because Pele tried that. I remember Pele. Like, I don't know anything about soccer, but I know who Pele is. The great Brazilian soccer. He tried one, almost made it. Didn't make it. But this fucking half midfield kick, it's ridiculous. And, and, uh, but it changes his life. It, like, it, it catapulted him into stardom. Particularly with the, the British crowds. Like they just, they're fervent, just just rabid just these guys they are hooligans you know it's this is like this is like a, an entire stadium of 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 it's like a it's like as if oasis the band populated the entire stadium like that's how like this culture is there's just a bunch of freaking eye gouging beard drinking fucking hooligans hooligans right but it just catapulted him to fame and he just uh at that point he kind of became who he was 
but uh, so it was full of this this so this weekend's been interesting with regard to Dick Butkus and uh, Nolan Ryan and David Beckham these iconic figures right and all their all their little kind of idiosyncrasies and quirks and stuff but but last but not least finally um yesterday was the chicago marathon speaking of like chicago's really playing a a role in this podcast but yesterday was the chicago marathon chicago and uh, it did not disappoint why do you why uh, why do you say that johnny boy well if okay look i need you to just take it down you're up here and i need you about here so just calm down I'll, i'll tell you the world record for the marathon was broken yesterday in Chicago, and it wasn't the first time that happened. Uh, Steve Jones did it way back in the 80s, uh, the early 80s. He ran 20805. Steve Jones, the great Welsh distance runner, uh, who uh, had run, he ended up running faster than that, uh, but at the time, 20805 was the world record. And Steve Jones, that's a, t- that's a tough motherfucker. Um, but yesterday, Kelvin Kiptum of Kenya, countryman, fellow countryman to Iliad Kipcho, the world, the former now now former world record holder at two hundred one twenty nine. Just a, not a night. I mean, he beat it pretty good. He beat it pretty good. Um, ran two hours, 35 seconds. Like he was, like they were on, they were kind of on course to, well, he was on course to break two hours. Uh, he went through the half, I believe in like one hour flat in 48 seconds. The old half marathon record for years Used to be one hour and fifty-five seconds by Mark Kerp of uh, Missouri, uh, and this motherfucker—he's only twenty-three too, by the way—went through the half in one hour f- and forty-eight seconds. The first half, which means the second half, he ran fifty-nine forty-seven. Like f- what the fuck? Like what? What the ever-loving fuck, right? Like, because that's that. Now that's the barrier. Two hours is the barrier now. Um, it, uh, it, it, and full disclosure, it's been done. They broke. Well, Iliad Kipchoge broke the two-hour uh, barrier, but I believe he did it. They did. They didn't recognize it as the actual record because. There's something wrong with the pacing or the course or something. Anyway, but in a in a sanctioned uh, race, the new world record your new world record holder is twenty three year old twenty three year old Kevin Kelvin excuse me Kelvin Kiptum of Kenya or the Triple K KKK. No 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 don't don't go down that road. Holy Jesus! But uh, two hours. 35 seconds that's fucking stupid that's uh what's well, almost a minute off the the old world record he but he had also run 20140 uh earlier this year where did he run that was it 
was it it was one of those uh was it London? I don't remember. But so this motherfucker's already run three of the fastest marathons ever. He's I think he's broken two oh two two hours, two minutes, three times. And then capping it off for this this world record. So the two hour barrier is within reach. The right setting and Chicago's a great that's a nice flat course, fast course. Um this time of year is good. The weather is good, you know. Particularly in the Midwest, it's it was probably like sixty something degrees, maybe I don't know with this heat. Who fucking knows? But um, but he he uh, he pretty much just mopped up the field. Uh, second place was Benson Kipperto of Kenya, two o four o two, which is still a phenomenal time. Um. The first American was my boy Connor Mance. I was talking about him last episode. He uh, broke his own personal record. Uh, he ran 208.13 there last year, and this year he ran 207.47. That's strong to give him sixth place and top American. But again, when you look in, uh, in the whole spectrum of things, I mean, that's a phenomenal time. That, that dude's a stud, 207.47. But... 36, 37 years ago, Rob DiCostello ran 207.51 at Boston, which is, in my opinion, a harder course. So you got to put things into perspective. I know that's a bit of a damper. Like, I just shit on him. I'm not shitting on him, though. Like, Connor Mance is the man, dude. Right? Like, if you get sixth place in the Chicago Marathon, you're a fucking stud. Uh... Second American was only 13 seconds behind him, though. Clayton Young at 208 flat with Galen Rupp. My boy Galen was talking about him. I, I figured he was going to be in the race. This is a qualifier for the Olympic trials. He's trying to make his fifth Olympic team, I believe. And he ran um, 208.48, which is really good uh, based on he's been dealing with some injuries, but uh, he's a fucking stud, too. Matter of fact, there was one, two, three, four, five Americans that ran 210.34 or faster, which is really good. 210.34 is like about a 458 per mile pace. So you got five Americans that ran 458 per mile pace or faster in a marathon? Fuck yeah. But Jesus, the women's the women's race was fucking un unbelievable too Sifan Hassan the the girl that was trying to triple in the world championships just a couple months ago in the 1500 5000 and 10,000 uh which she she uh which one did she she I think she won the 10 she fell in the 1500 and did she win the five and ten, and then fell in the fifteen hundred? I don't, I don't know. She's a fucking stud though. But she won in a course record two thirteen forty four. That's fucking insane. That's fucking insane two thirteen forty four. Because uh, the world record just got beat. The women's world record just. Uh, uh, I'm, of course, I can't remember who uh, the hell. The woman's name was another Kenyan, or no, Ethiopian. I think it was Ethiopian. 
Uh, it was Gitz Gist Gitz Gitz Hassan Fasan Safan. Ah, oh, fuck. I even if I saw her name, I I couldn't pronounce it. But um, but she'd run two eleven forty three. That that's ridiculous. Like it's it's almost beyond even talking about because to see Safan Hassan, um, who uh, I believe she's Ethiopian as well by way of the Netherlands. She's her um, her citizenship is with the with Hall with the the Netherlands with she's she's Dutch, but she was born in like Ethiopia I think, and uh, but to run two thirteen forty four like that. That might put you on the men's Olympic team, right? But it's still two minutes behind the world record, but still, fuck, like, Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, four women broke 220. Like, that's so, like, the notion that a woman was going to break 220 10 years ago is beyond, like, you're just like, nah, uh uh-uh. Um, and now it's, like, almost, like, fifth place was 220.04, like I'm almost the top five broke two twenty. That just tells you how fast this 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 excuse me this uh, marathon is. But Jesus, um, top American was Emily Sisson, the uh, current American record holder. She ran. She's a, she's a two eighteen marathoner, but she ended up seventh in two twenty two oh nine. And then Molly Seidel, who's she's a real interesting story. I was reading about her in. Um, I think it was Outside Magazine. They had a, uh, an article, an online article about her. And uh, she's a real interesting character. Uh, four-time NCAA champ. Uh, she won uh, from Notre Dame. Um, great distance runner. Um, she was, and, oh, well, and she was the bronze medalist in the Olympics, in the last Olympics in the marathon. She was the second American at... Uh, Two twenty three oh seven. That's a and that's a fucking that's a great time. Um, and uh, the third third American was Sarah Vaughn at two twenty three twenty four, and then Emma Bates, who was she felt like she could run about two eight. She felt like she could take a crack at the American record, but she ended up thirteenth overall. 225.04. That's a very, 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 very good time. Um, but what a field. Oh my God. It's good. Again, it's like Kenyans, Ethiopians, but fuck it, man. You know, you got to run with the crowd that's going to make you better. Even if you're not going to win. All those guys that's, and everybody in those packs will tell you. My boy Connor will tell you that. Even though he was only sixth, no, seventh last year and sixth this year. Like, he, I'm sure, finds it invaluable to be running in that pack. Even though he got beat, running with that crowd is pulling you to your, like, it's that that old adage or that that whole mindset about, you know, if you're, like, if you hang out with five smokers, you'll be the, you know, you'll be the sixth, right? Just as if, you know, you hang out with five neuroscientists, you'll probably be the, you'll probably get a little smarter if, you know. If you, if you, it's your environment, you know, you're a product of your environment. So, um, anyway, shout out to those motherfuckers, <laughs> you know, you're not sign, not sign. So, um, 
So that's about that's about the size of things, you know what I'm saying? Um, iconic, great sports weekend. Lots of football, lots of college football, lots of good college football. Jesus, what's his name? Caleb Williams pulled his head out of his ass long enough for a triple overtime win over Arizona. Like, what the fuck? Arizona? Like, what are they doing? What are they? How? Why are they? How are? How are they involved? How are they even in the same sentence? Uh, as as you you know USC, but um, man, they were down. I mean, they were down. Um, they were down early on. I was watching the beginning of that game. Um, they were down something like seventeen to like seven or some shit. Yeah, like what the f- well, but over. I mean, USC is a good team. They're not a great team. They're a very good, very good team, but um. Damn, and for, Fresno State almost pulled off, a, pulled one off. Uh, they were getting just manhandled by Wyoming. Josh Allen's all modern. Our boy Josh Allen from Fireball, who fucking lost in London, in London, yesterday against the fucking Jags. And uh, our boy Josh Allen from Fireball, he just, uh, he was mounting a comeback. And... Uh, too little, too late. Um, I don't, and I don't know why. I don't know. I mean, I don't have a. It's not a big deal. They're playing in London, but it's like, do I guess you know people do latch on to the NFL a bit over there. I mean, they call it gridiron, I think, in uh, the UK. But it'd be like sending over like um, the the best cricket teams from like you know the UK and like. Or like, uh, you know, Pakistan and, and India or something like, well, no, it wouldn't be. I don't know if, if they sent it, if they sent like Australia versus like the West Indies over here to play a match. And I love, I, I got way into cricket when I was in Australia. It's like baseball. Only it's like you got a bigger, fatter bat, right? But, uh. If you brought that shit over here, people would know it. They'd be the f- nobody'd show up. Nobody'd show up. But I was surprised. I was watching some of the game. A lot of Bills fans, a lot of Jag Jag fans in the in the stands. Strange. I don't know. Who's to say? No rhyme or reason, right? But um, yeah, big sports weekend, and that's what's coming up. That's what's going on. That's what's. That's what's up. Um, so if you don't like sports, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> but we got it. It's uh, it's happening. People, it's happening. We got the baseball playoffs. Phillies look good. Uh, the Rangers are beating up on the Orioles. I like to see the Orioles go a little further after after getting rid of the Devil Rays. I like to see the Orioles return to a little glory from. They used to be, you know, back in the day, like late 70s, early 80s, and they had uh, Cal Ripken and Brooks Robinson and Frank Robinson and Jim Palmer and these guys, which was, an, oh, man, that's another thing about that Nolan Ryan documentary. He never he never won the Cy Young. And it dawned on me. I never, never, never even occurred to me. Nolan Ryan never won the Cy Young. He's the all-time strikeout leader. More than Steve Carlton, more than Burt Blylevin, 
more than Sandy Koufax, more than Walter Johnson, not one Cy Young. Crazy. Like, there's something else, something else going on there. I'm not, maybe I'm not, maybe he's just too ornery. He's too ornery, right? He's whooping, he's whooping Robin Ventura's ass and shit. Too ornery. <laughs> oh, whatever. I don't know. But they're, because they're in the documentary, they're talking all these greats, you know, like, uh, Randy Johnson, who won like five Cy Youngs, you know, and uh, another great. I mean, that guy threw hard too, man. And uh, came close, came close to beating Ryan's numbers, but uh, not one Cy. Randy Johnson got five Cy Youngs. Nolan Ryan, not one. Fucking crazy, but it's a crazy world out there, you know. But I'd buy tickets. Know what I'm saying? Know what I'm saying? But that's about it. That's about it. That's all I got. But uh, baseball playoffs, college football, NFL, Chicago Marathon. It's all out there. It's happening, people. Whether you like it or not. All right? And then today it's only supposed to be like 70 degrees. We went from like 92 to 70 degrees. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) There's not much else I can say to that. So I'll leave it at, I'll leave it at that. I'll leave that. I'm gonna leave this here for you. I'm gonna leave this right on this little table for you here, okay? Hope you enjoy it. And I'll talk at you later. Arriva debt, you babies.